0: RadioInfluence.com This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights. And a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the President of Valor Fights, Tim Loy.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. Thanks for joining us as always. I'm your host, Tim Loy. I'm joined by my co-host, Justin Watson. And sitting in tonight is our third host tonight. We've got Jeff Hobbs. We've got a, uh, a nice show for you guys. It is a post-fight week from Valor69. It went down this past weekend at the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. We're going to get recaps. And reactions to all that went down that night It was a crazy one Uh, As well as a preview Of this weekend's UFC Rio Rancho that's got some more local Flavor added to it, we'll get to that here in just a little bit As well, but before we get Started, let's get uh, cranking With uh, a brief recap Of the UFC uh, Event uh, from this past weekend It was UFC 247 Going down in Houston, Texas And headlined by a big uh, Main event of uh, John Jones versus uh, versus Dominic Reyes for the light heavyweight championship. Now we had the Valor event going on that night, so I we missed a good portion of the pre, pretty much all the prelims live, uh, guys. I don't know if you guys were able to to go back and, and check any of that out. I'll run through them super quick here. Uh, Yusef Zalal over Austin Lingo by decision. Andre Yule a split decision over Jonathan Martinez in a fight that got some. Uh, it was the first fight of the evening, I guess, that started getting uh, some eyebrows raised about the judging in Texas as Ewell uh, takes a split decision there. That a lot of people thought Martinez won. I didn't get to see the fight, so I can't really weigh in there. Uh, Journey Newsom with a 38-second knockout over Domingo Pilarte. Mario Batista – Second round, uh, big flying knee knockout of Miles Johns. Chaos Williams pulls the upset 27-second uh, knockout over Alex Morono. Lauren Murphy takes a split decision win over Andrea Lee in another fight that a lot of people thought could have gone the other way. And then rounding out the prelims, it was 24-hour replacement James Krause. Uh, stepping in on short notice and losing a split decision as he goes up two weight classes to 185. He loses to uh, Trevin Giles. Justin, anything on these prelims uh, stand out to you, or, or is it just kind of, uh, you know, your standard uh, lot? It looks like a lot of contender series alum. Uh, not a lot of anything that stands out to me that makes an impact in the rankings beyond Lauren Murphy, maybe getting, you know, at some elevation. Yeah, not too much other than James Krause showing showing massive balls
2: you know, stepping in up a weight class, like you said, 20, 24 hours notice, um, and, you know, almost fucking finished the fight in the first round. Um, and then, you know, arguably could have won the third round too. So, um, those, uh, that was the biggest takeaway for me it was just, uh, James Krauss, you know,
1: continuing to, to show how how he doesn't give a fuck about you know, nothing. He's ready to fight. Yeah, man, that's uh, that was that was stand up thing. And then uh, ended up netting him a new contract. I read as mm-hmm. well. Moving on to the main card. Uh, I thought a bit weak uh, for a pay-per-view event. Uh, starting us off, it was Derek Lewis, the hometown guy gets a unanimous decision win over Al- alir Latifi, Latifi, who is moving up to heavyweight for the first time from light heavyweight. And I, you know, if, if I had to bet on that fight, I would not have guessed that he would have gone to a unanimous to a decision period. I would think one of those guys would have knocked the other out. But it was uh, a decision and uh, Lewis gets the win Uh Latibi not a bad uh, Latibi didn't have a bad showing for himself, really, uh, though, and, and showed that I think he can compete at heavyweight. Uh, Danny Ige takes a split decision over Mirsad Bektik in a, in a good fight. And then uh, Justin Tapa gets the upset win with a knockout over Juan Adams. And Juan Adams now is 0-3 in the UFC, probably looking at the door potentially because uh, I don't think Tapa had a whole lot of hype behind him coming into this thing. It was uh, And it was a, a bit of an odd placement as the feature fight, I think, as well. Co-main event Valentina Shevchenko, with a dominant performance over Caitlin Chukagian in the third round. Uh, she was the biggest favorite on the card, and uh, she showed it. it. It was it wasn't close here. Uh, Jeff Hobbs, uh, you got to settle in and see a little bit of this pay-per-view. I believe any of these things, any of these uh, fighters uh, before the main event stand out uh, to you?
0: Uh, yeah, we got to. Um Buffalo Wild Wings, just in time for the Murphy Lee fight. Um, so I, that was where I started watching. Uh, and just for the record, uh, Adams did get cut already. Oh, he's already yeah.
1: been cut. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah,
0: yeah, they cut uh, him and Katone. Uh, to, uh, and, oh wow, he yeah. only lost one time. Yeah, they cut those two. Uh, were released probably today. Today's when I when I saw it. But uh, uh, you know, for me, the story of the event again was the uh, once again spotlight on the state of texas and the ufc uh, there has not been a ufc card go through texas without something negative uh, coming from it i don't know what it is about texas and the ufc but uh, they don't walk out of there without some sort of controversy uh, and maybe not controversy but just uh all eyeballs and ping- fingers fingers uh, being pointed at the way the uh, athletic commission runs uh runs things uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the main event. Of course, this card was all about the main event. Sure. Um, which leads me to, you know, stand behind your statement of this. This Other than the main event, this card did not move the needle at all for me, uh, other than just wanting to see that fight. But, uh, you know, just, just the crazy things with the uh, the split decisions, uh, you know, the uh, Andrea Lee Murphy fight where, you know, for the first time I've ever really heard uh, Joe Rogan, uh, Cruz, and all of them on the air just blast judges and the referees, you know, or the judges. just. Yeah, you don't, you don't really see that a whole lot live. No, and for them to go live and say this cat is looking at the floor or this yeah. cat is on his phone. He's not even watching the fight. And then every commentator to look over and, you know, verify the story. Uh, I noticed on either Instagram or Snapchat. I can't remember which one, but uh, – uh, Andrea Lee posting a, a close-up video of action during her fight. And in the background, you see uh, the judge on his phone, you know, it's wow. just craziness. Uh, so that's the biggest takeaway for me is just, you know, another crazy, uh, fight night for the state of Texas. Uh, for me, great main event. I enjoy it thoroughly. Uh, I hate the word robbery. There's no such thing in robbery when a, when a fight is that close. Um, you know, you look at professional fighters. If you go through that, my favorite thing to do is fighter tweets after a, after a fight, you know, after a card. Uh, you know, they're kind of split, too. So, I mean, if these guys that do it can't really agree on it, uh, who? how are we going to say it's a robbery? You know, yeah. it's a good fight, close fight. Uh, personally, I had, you know, first three rounds for Reyes, the final two for Jones. But, you know, I was there with Justin as well. We were watching it together, and, and we we both said, like, but they were so close rounds you know, who's to say that one judge didn't see it a different way. It's like we we were anticipating that call to be either and new or still, and we're going to be completely okay with either one.
1: Yeah, I agree. I was, uh, I actually saw that main event, uh, John Jones, of course, taking a unanimous decision over Dominic Reyes there, but I saw it three, I I saw it three rounds, the first three rounds for Reyes, myself, watching it live. And then the last two rounds for Jones, Reyes, just, completely kind of stopped in the last two rounds though I felt like he just really wasn't you know it's like he kind of felt like he'd banked those first three rounds and if he could just survive to the end he's got this but uh, you know it's not a great look but again you know they're scoring it round by round so it doesn't impact how they scored those first three rounds of course uh you know i don't think it's a robbery i i i thought it went the other way but again when they announced it i wasn't like shocked or mad i was just like ah yeah and they gave it to jones i guess one round they saw it a little different than me you know so it was uh it was certainly close i thought that uh reyes fought very well i thought he fought uh, much better than i expected and you know vince Ferrara and i have a radio show here in knoxville on wednesdays and we were talking about uh that on this episode that you know, well, actually last episode we were previewing this show, OSP had gone out and trained with Dominic Reyes. And uh when we had him on the our first episode of the radio show, he said he thought Reyes was gonna win. He thought his striking would be too much, he was too heavy handed on and me and Vince afterward we were like, Man, do you think Vince is right? And we're like, No, 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 no. He's he's not gonna be <laughs> John Jones, but he actually he actually uh, looked, his striking look great and, and he really pressed the action, which was, you know, not a lot of people just get after John Jones like that right at, right off the rip and So uh, I think that that was something that Jones is not really used to. He's used to being the guy to kind of dictate things early. But uh, ultimately, a good win for John Jones. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on it? And do you think we see, uh, you know, does Reyes get a rematch immediately? Or is that something maybe, uh, you know, I was thinking potentially um, they would go with him and Adesanya the way they've been talking. But uh, your thoughts? Yeah,
2: so we were talking last week just about um, you know, whether the card was worth the price or whatever. When we got to Buffalo I was, I think it was like nine thirty and they were already on a two hour wait. So I mean people were packing it out just to come see this fight you know, we we like we've said it was all about the main event, but um I think that the interest was definitely there for it. Uh, the Derek Lewis and Latif Latifi fight was kind of interesting to me, you know. Latifi kind of tossed him around a few times. Yeah. Um that, you know shows his power up at heavyweight i guess at light heavyweight you know he's usually walking at like 240 so mm-hmm. he's not really cutting down i mean he's not really going up to, to heavyweight he's just fighting where he should fight pretty he's much. still a very but, strong man yeah um i think Derek lewis you know just barely squeaked out a decision there um the in-game Bectic <laughs> fight was was really good we talked about how the placement of the toffa fight was interesting but maybe that's you know why it got there It was a quick yeah. knockout you know just kind of get get everybody hyped and get everybody going before the co-main event um shevchenko just, just proved you know how dominant she is especially in this weight class uh she hit a spinning wheel kick at one point in the fight that was just one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen just like right across the jawline um you know just completely dominant um and you know as far as the jones and Reyes, I had a, the first three for Reyes as well, um, but when you when you start looking at like breaking down the stats and stuff, you know, um, part of it is is the striking accuracy and and Reyes outlanded him, you know, ten punches around or something like that for the first three rounds, but the the accuracy was way lopsided, you know. Reyes threw three times as many punches and landed a few more than yeah. John's, you know. So um, it was somewhere in like the thirty percent accuracy to like 60% accuracy range plus John was the one coming forward the whole time you know defense plays a factor too Um, and I I think you know that should be looked at when judging I had it for Reyes but uh, you know I don't think that I definitely could see it going either way some of the scorecards were crazy to me one of them was 49-46 only giving Reyes one round Uh, I think that was I guess it was the first round all three judges had Reyes in the first um, but two judges gave Jones the second round, which I thought was pretty clear for Reyes. Yeah. The only really um, factor would, would have been the striking accuracy. Um, but kind of wild, I think, as far as a rematch goes, um, I don't know. I mean, this, these scorecards were the exact same as the first fight with Gustafson, and Gustafson had to wait three years to get a, a rematch. You know? Yeah. Um, I think that if John decides to go up to heavyweight, I don't think that's what he'll do. But I think if he does... Dominic should chase him, you yeah, know, and and go for it. Um, but I don't know. I guess it all really comes down to this weekend with Blahovich and and uh, um, oh, what's Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson. Yes, yeah, so, you know if one of them is super super impressive, it'd be hard to deny,
1: you know, them a uh, the next shot. But how marketable is that fight? I don't know. Not I, very.
2: Yeah. <laughs> not very. But I don't really think. I mean, I don't think that it's any more or less marketable than this fight was. Sure, and nobody really knew who Ray is. Well, he put on a great fight, and um, you know, I think people, a lot of people thought that it was going to go this way. I guess people who were close to it, but um, I don't think your average fan thought it was going to be like that. They kind of were expecting Jones to come smash another record in, you know, an emphatic way. Um, so, you know, the the rematch, this rematch is definitely more marketable than than the the winner of Blahovic and Anderson. Um, but it'd just be tough to to tell those guys that hey, you gotta sit back and wait again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very true, very true. That'll wrap up our coverage of UFC two forty seven, a night that was uh, you know, it it, ta- it capped off by uh, the the one fight that we were all looking forward to. So I guess it at least delivered a good close fight. Yeah, people interested in talking, which is what they want. Uh, Before we end the show, we'll look into this week's UFC card. But before that, let's dive into uh, what y'all came for. It is the Valor 69 recap and review. Of course, Justin has been keeping a tally of our pigs panel. Uh, that we uh, run each quarter here with Jeff Hobbs, Greg Hopkins, and Paul Teague. And uh, before we get into this recap, uh Justin get us up to speed at where we were coming into uh, the week.
2: So coming into this week, um Hobbs was up nineteen to nineteen and
1: four. Greg was eighteen and four, and Paul was sixteen and six. Okay, so Jeff comes in with a uh, a lead over our uh, our defending uh, multiple time champion Greg Hopkins. I'm waiting on somebody to unseat his ass, uh, and of course we had an 11 bout card. Uh, the we we're supposed to have 12 bouts. The Cole Farrell fight. Uh, Versus James Douglas uh, did not materialize. We had some last minute snags with uh, Cole getting cleared by the Kentucky Athletic Commission who had him suspended from um, an incident. I guess you would say in 2019, August of 2019, um, where Cole had pulled out of a fight for promotion up there and they had him suspended for an injury that he pulled out for. Uh, they told him he needed to get neurological clearance, uh, in a, in a form filled out, um, that they had sent him. So, uh, I will vouch for Cole. He drove from Athens, Georgia up to, or I guess Atlanta, Georgia, up to, uh, Murfreesboro near Nashville one Sunday afternoon, which is about a four hour ride to see, uh, neuro. The, they filled out the form and cleared him. And then a couple of days before the fight, Kentucky said that that wasn't going to, to suffice and that he needed to get orthopedic orthopedic. orthopedic uh, clearance. Uh, He was able to set up an appointment with an orthopedic uh, specialist Friday morning, the day of the weigh-ins, in hopes of a quick clearance, and unfortunately, without a current MRI, he could not get that done, and there was no way to get the MRI turned around fast enough to uh, satisfy Kentucky's commission's uh, uh, demands. Not that it would have mattered because they had already left the office before their deadline anyway. So uh, ultimately, Cole was unable to fight. uh, James uh, Douglas unable to fight. No fault of his. He uh, did everything he was supposed to do, including drive to Murfreesboro himself to see the same neurological specialist to get clearance for this fight. So, um, you know, hopefully that's something we can uh, see down the road. Hopefully Cole gets his issues with the Kentucky Commission squared away, which it's odd because Cole is not even a licensee of the Kentucky Commission. Cole has never stepped foot in Kentucky, nor has he fought in Kentucky. So to be suspended by a state that you are not licensed by is certainly um, something i shenanigans even. Yeah, something that I can't really wrap my head around, honestly. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of a, you know, the bureaucracy of the whole thing is uh, tough to get around. And ultimately, uh, the Tennessee Athletic Commission is part of the ABC, which Kentucky is as well. And they they pretty much, you know, they just defer more or less. If if another commission has a flag, then they're just not going to mess with it until they lift that flag. So hopefully Cole is able to uh, get that squared away and maybe compete on this March 28th card. Down in Saudi Daisy. Uh, moving on to the fights that did take place, though, uh, we started off with catch weight 140 pounds. K1 rules kickboxing. These guys took this fight on really short notice. Props to both of them for uh, stepping up and taking a fight last minute. Kind of flesh out the undercard. It was Julio Osorio from Kikers United Karate Studios down in Dalton, Georgia. Making the ride through the snow on Saturday uh, afternoon. And uh, getting a third round. Uh, Was it a TKO or was it a knockout? He didn't answer the count. It was. Oh, they got a decision. It was a decision. Franklin got. I thought for some reason they stopped him. No. Okay. A wide decision then for Julio Osorio over Franklin Brown. Michael Brown put on a great fight, actually. These guys really put on a good show. Got the crowd – trying to get the crowd warmed up early. The crowd was a little slow to get – to get into things when these guys, you know, they put on a good, a good show for everyone. Uh, nice body shots from Julio Osorio, uh, dropped Franklin Brown a couple times, uh, late in the fight and, uh, props to Franklin for, uh, gutting through it. But it was Osorio who, uh, takes a wide decision over Franklin Brown. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts on this opening one. Uh, it was, uh, it was, it was a tough crowd, uh, to, to open to, but these guys gave it their all.
0: Yeah. Uh, that was my biggest takeoff from, uh, starting the show is just the, the crowd, man, they were, dead. they were, um, and it wasn't empty. It was not empty. <laughs> they were just, uh, I don't know his crickets, man. It's a weird feeling trying to get, uh, warm up a crowd and, uh, like, give them some of, uh, give them some of your best and <laughs> everybody's just staring yeah. at you. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, I don't give a shit about me, man. Uh, what was more disturbing was like I said, these two guys went in there and, uh, they went guns a blazing and, you know, in between rounds, you try to get that crowd a little in, and it's just nothing. It's like it's pretty disrespectful, you know. Yeah, like it's like come These on, kids guys. Were, yeah, um, Franklin Brown was right in this when That first that first round was close, but you know, ultimately he uh, he got dropped a couple times. I believe he took two two standing eight counts, maybe. Um, and uh, of course, the result of that, you know, even with it going the distance, you're not going to overcome those ten eight rounds. Uh, it, in a fight that happens that quick. So, uh, sorry, looked good and it's a good win for him.
1: And how did we stand, uh, Justin on the picks for that one? I feel like somebody might've took Franklin. Yeah. Paul dropped him with Franklin on that one. All right. So Paul, uh, loses a step there on the Franklin Brown pick. Moving on to second bow. This one was, Uh, An interesting start. Uh, It was a catchweight, 195 pounds. Thomas Seabolt of the aforementioned uh, Kikers United Karate Studios uh, making the trek up to face... Derek, the ogre overstreet, making his kickboxing debut, but a fairly decorated MMA fighter up in Kentucky, uh, out of high-intensity combat sports. Donnie Wallace's group up in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and Derek is a specimen, man. He's a he's a athletic dude, big guy, about good. You know, I think he generally fights at 205, but I want to say he's he's open to 185, and he'll be. It would be monstrous at 185. Uh, had a little uh, bit of uh, miscommunication, I suppose, on the use of headgear or not to use headgear. Finally, it was uh, decided upon that the headgear would come off, and uh, it was a good back-and-forth fight, uh, mainly over street landing, the bigger, solid punches. Seabolt would explode from time to time with some some weird angles and stuff, but it was just too much power, too much length. From Derek Overstreet, did he did he drop him in the first? Did he, he got one? I think feel like he might have got. Did he get one knockdown in the first? Uh, Do you recall, Justin? Yeah, I
2: think yeah he had one knockdown. I think he had one
1: knockdown in the first, but Overstreet answered the count. Or not, sorry, Overstreet, Seabold answered the count. And um, in between rounds, uh, Seabold opted not to come back out for the second round. So it counts as a first round TKO for Derek Overstreet. i be uh, excited to see Mr. Overstreet back this way, maybe even doing some MMA, because I think he would provide some uh, life to that 185-205 division. Uh, your thoughts, Jeff?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, uh is a good fight. Um, was really surprised, you know, when, you know, of course I'm kind of always looking down at my paperwork, getting my stuff ready for the next bout. Uh, and I figured in between rounds is the best time to look at my paperwork and uh, do stuff like that, you know, only to look up and see the referee waving off the fight. So it's like, you know, what the hell just happened? Um, but I guess uh, it was just a little too much for, uh, Mr. Seabolt, Um uh, go back to the drawing, go back to the drawing board and, uh, See what uh, what the problem was, and I'm sure we'll see him again.
1: What is his uh, scores on that one there, Justin. All three for see- or for Overstreet on oh, that oh, clean sweep of the panelists. Final kickboxing bout of the night, movie tie rules. Catch weight, 160 pounds, Derek Smith out of the Lee Kickboxing Academy, the Lee Kickboxing Academy, Beattyville, Kentucky, uh, takes on Garrett Sharp of KMAA, a guy that we've seen a lot of in MMA, but this was his first tie fight, and, uh, you know, he had a good accounting for himself, but Derek Smith, as we mentioned last week, is the specialist in this kind of stuff, you know, Derek is... You know, he and Zach Fox and those guys, they live this shit, man. Like, they're some movie Thai motherfuckers, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they love this shit. Uh, and they're very skilled and improved. I can't brag on those guys enough, really, because, like, every time you see them, you're like, man, these kids just keep getting a little bit better every mm-hmm. time you see him come from this little tiny town up in Kentucky, you know? So, uh, Derek Smith takes a decision. Uh, I want to say, was it two rounds to one? Was it for Derek Smith? Or- uh, no. Uh, well, I gave it. Uh, All three rounds. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Derek Smith, it was definitely a unanimous decision. I want to say maybe one judge had given Sharp a a round, maybe. But I know that I recall in the third round, the corner of KMA, knowing that he needed to finish. So they knew they were down two. Uh, Garrett, had not a a bad showing at all. uh, But, you know, he's an MMA guy that's really kind of more renowned for his grappling skills. So props to him for going out there and kind of putting himself out of his comfort zone, making himself stand. I know that he enjoyed the experience. And uh, it, he's going to have a quick turnaround. He's going to fight Joel Winters in March sixth, which will be a great fight because Joel Winters coming off a win over the Seagoat. Uh, Sharp will look to avenge his uh, teammate's uh, loss there. Uh, Justin, you uh, scored this win in all the rounds for Derek Smith. Another impressive showing uh, for Lee Kickboxing Academy.
2: Yeah, Sharp, you know, did his best to stay in there and, and try to make it a competitive fight. But like you said, Smith is just that's his game. She's he's training Muay Thai every day. Um, you know, training on that rule set, um, you know, so Smith was trying to clinch up a lot just to try to avoid damage there at the end. Um, but be yeah, I, I had Smith all three rounds pretty,
1: uh, Pretty easy win for him yeah and then what did the panel think where did we have a split on that one
2: yeah uh hobbs went up with smith on that one. Oh yeah, that my uh, jeff
1: sure. hobbs goes up another point there Derek smith coming for uh, through for you jeff uh and uh, a nice performance really uh I, he strung his kicks together a lot i know mm. you know that that was the main difference i thought between these two guys is that Derek smith's ability to use kicks like very well mm. um First MMA bout of the evening was a flyweight affair. It was 125 pounds. The debuting Nick Superman Ferguson uh, out of Oak Ridge. We talked about he was supposed to fight Franklin Brown a few months ago, and he got sick before. But this time, he he made it through and actually came out and landed some really good punches on his opponent. It was Rocket Ray Hewitt, 0 and 2, looking for his first win out of KMAA. Uh, but uh, it, it was Ray that got the win in this one. Actually, Nick landed some good punches early. Ray got it to the uh, got it. To the ground was able to, to lock in a submission win, I believe what was the what was it a rear? it was a guillotine he guillotine a choke shot. for a standing guillotine yeah that's right uh, he did not go to the ground. he just clinched him up there and it didn't take long once they locked up for Ray Hewlett to get his first win and, uh, good for ray he's a guy that had gone out there and had some tough fights in his first two is stuck with it and uh gets the win uh for the first time so congrats to him uh jeff your thoughts Ray? you a guy that uh, we've seen a few times uh hasn't been successful till now uh, so it was always nice to see him get that win
0: yeah absolutely it's always good to see a guy get his first win uh you know especially when it, you know he's had a, such a tough going um you know his first two times in the cage so uh, not a lot you could say to it uh ferguson served his neck up on a platter for him and uh uh hewlett was uh, skilled enough and uh you know see see sees enough to where he uh snatched that opportunity quick and ended it or were we like 30 40 seconds so. yeah
1: i think uh, i think it was about 52 seconds something like that. it wasn't long but uh ray hewlett congratulations that was a clean sweep
2: wasn't it uh justin yeah it was did uh, you guys did you guys notice how big the cup was on uh nick ferguson
0: no, not I, looking at I wasn't looking crocs. at his truck. Dude, you should You're have right. been. I don't know how you weren't.
2: He was, his corner was right in front of me, so he's just like pacing back and forth and this thing's just
1: like looks like he's got a heart on. I don't know. Oh, wow. Well. well, maybe he's excited. <laughs> Take your uh, word for it, Justin. Yeah, right. <laughs> Clean sweep for Ray Hewitt. Uh, move, and uh, actually we'll give Ray another shout-out. He's doing a quick turnaround, too. He'll fight March 6th at uh, the Joe. He'll be taking on Austin Spires, who we saw last time out in his debut fight against Jackson Donovan. So uh, we'll, we'll look forward to that one. Uh, moving on, heavyweights, two debut independents. Who knew? Who knows what we were going to get here? This one was one of those hard ones to call. It was the God of Thunder, Hunter Kelly, uh, making his debut out of Clarksville against the debuting Kevin Minard, also uh, an independent fighter out of Somerville, Georgia. We spoke about him a little bit last week. A little older guy, longer in the tooth, good story. Has uh, kicked some demons, and he came out. You know, he was like super excited for this fight. Like, like it's you know, he was obviously dialed in for this mm-hmm. thing and uh he came out there and got the got the win i believe was a guillotine of his own uh was in another standing guillotine or was Uh, it on the ground i did i missed this whole fight because i was in the back and i ran out there trying Mm -hmm. to catch it and uh it is over just like that but uh, kevin minor gets the win in the first round of the guillotine congratulations to him he'll be turning around quickly to fight in, um, uh, Saudi Daisy here. So it'd be good to see him again. And Hunter Kelly, I think may, you know, he's a tall guy, but I think he may be better served at 205, probably moving forward, a bit small, a heavyweight, I think. And he came in, in the two twenties, if I can recall. So that was, was that a clean sweeper on that one there, Justin? Uh, no, Hob- well? no,
2: Hobbs dropped that one. Oh Kelly. no,
1: Hunter. Uh, so, uh, Hobbs drops, uh, the one that he had picked up there on the God of Thunder, Hunter Kelly. Uh, next fight, welterweight, 170 pounds, uh, oh, 170 pounds. It was Christian Lee, the visionary. Christian Lee, he had a crowd there, man. Uh, making his debut at a Newport, Tennessee, taking on Bronson Buzorgi, 1-0 at a KMAA. We uh, saw him show before last uh, with his debut win over Quinn Hunter. And this time he had to go the distance. He gets a uh, a split decision win over Christian Lee, this was a fun fight. Lee w- Lee's an exciting one on his feet, lots of spinning shit and throwing out some wild stuff and he's aggressive, but uh, wasn't able to stop the, t- like every every round to me was about the same. Lee would do very well standing and then uh, Buzorghi would get a takedown and not necessarily do just a ton of damage with it, but he would keep the control for uh, pretty much to the end of the round. So uh, it ended up being two judges seeing that one for bazorgi one judge seeing it for Christian Lee, Zorgi uh, moves to 2-0, and and uh, Lee drops his debut, but a good showing by him. And uh, we'll see Christian Lee uh, turn it around quickly again. He's about to ship off to the military, actually, March 16th. He wanted to get one more fight in before he goes. He'll be taking on the hammer of justice this is us we're breaking it right here guys I haven't even announced this shit online yet but it's happening the hammer of justice darren hastings takes on christian lee march 6th so that's another interesting fight jeff your thoughts on this decision here it was a little you know split decision i know uh the the kma corner thought that Bizzorgi had done enough to, to get all the rounds i think but uh you know i think i thought that the first round that lee uh was was Pretty pretty good standing, and, and the takedown was a little later in the round than the other two rounds. So I actually did agree with giving Lee the first round. Your thoughts? Uh,
0: this uh, is where the crowd turned around. Yes, was, yes, this, yes. This was about that the uh, switch came on and the crowd got live. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with just big um, uh, a big contingent of Christian Lee fans that came up to see him in his debut. Uh Bazaar, he has a good crowd. So this is this – is, where the shit got live, fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From crowd, here, it got crowd, crowd got into it. I agree with you. I, I know we were sitting right next to the KMAA corner, and uh, their head coach was, uh, you know, a little baffled at the uh, at the open scoring when it was announced. And um, but I think this, you know, like you said, every round was exactly the same. The only difference in every round was at what point on the time clock did bazorgi take them down. And I think I think in the first round. Um, Buzorghi, I think maybe took him down with a minute left. You know, where the majority of the uh, of that round was, uh, it stayed standing. And I thought Christian Lee did enough in the stand up to uh, to take that round also. Yeah. So I didn't see it as crazy, and I didn't weigh that that takedown with not a lot of action with just a minute left. Second round, same formula, um, but the takedown happened earlier in the round, uh, to where we did have an overwhelming, you know, time on the ground with Bazorgi. Uh, and then third again same thing so uh, that's how I would have scored it first round Christian Lee the other two rounds for Missouri Um, we ended up with a split but there was no loser in this fight uh, because both these uh, gentlemen were rewarded with fight of the night and uh, definitely you could tell Christian Lee's fan base uh, family was uh, proud Uh, they did not throw a fit at the decision they were very respectful at the decision but celebrated at the end of the night that their uh, guy won fight of the night in their debut. Hey, I'll be interested
1: to see how him and uh, Hastings goes because, uh, you know, that's another guy that one has to imagine is going to probably want to grapple with him. You know, so we'll see if Christian Lee is able to kind of shore up that takedown defense and implement that uh, unorthodox striking. Uh, light heavyweight's up next. This was it – was, it got weird here, guys, and I mean, we knew it might uh it was benja phoenix making his debut team phoenix knoxville tennessee taking on the two and two alex lewandowski making his kmaa debut uh uh, with them in his corner and uh man lewandowski uh, went out there and did what he's supposed to do was you know lewandowski is kind of more known to be a kind of a banger you know he's a guy that you know when he was coming from the newport camp he was a guy that was standing and just just knocked the shit out of you know. But, but I think this is a fight where they wanted to work on some other things, and he uh, worked on his takedowns and his, his, his uh, submissions and, and things like that, the more the KMAA, uh, more of that kind of style, if you will. And uh, Benji Phoenix uh, put up a game effort. I actually thought he he landed a couple of decent strikes in the first round, wasn't able to stay off his back, unfortunately. In the second round, he succumbs to, was it a rear naked? Arm was it was an arm triangle uh, by Al. Oswendowski, who moves to three and two, and will probably be looking to move back down to 185 pounds. Uh, if I had to guess, uh, 205 is not where he uh, typically wants to be. Uh, your thoughts on this circus, Jeff?
0: Circus is definitely—it's uh, <laughs> the word for it, man. This is crazy. Uh, you know, having to halt the bout to take off whatever electrical tape. Uh, from his ribs uh had his entire midsection taped up with black electrical tape or yeah, it was wild. Uh, duct tape whatever it was uh it's definitely a first uh you know even to the point at that point we had to check his uh his ankle wraps because they looked as if you know just the way the stitching was i think led people to believe there was you know maybe metal in those so
2: um
0: i don't know benja phoenix uh talked the talk and uh uh was not able to walk the walk guys so, and that's what happens man you you find out quick uh who the contenders and pretenders are man and uh, tonight uh, or that night Benja Fingers, Benja Phoenix just uh didn't have it
1: be interested to see if we see Benja Phoenix back again and I'll give him props for being game you know he came out there fight. I mean he wasn't he wasn't timid he even came out there to fight he just uh you know I think he realized maybe after this that you know you've got to really kind of have some good training behind you to 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 do what he want the achieve the the heights that he initially came in wanting to achieve and but props to him for getting in there and I hope that he he's, he gets back in there you know I think he, he weighed in at like 196 so you know 185 is probably where he needs to be too uh, Justin was that all three for Lewandowski I'm guessing yeah all right uh, the amateur main event lightweight uh, ladies 155 pounds the mayor bear Mary Rosenbeck always a pleasure one in five she comes into this one to take on the debuting Rebecca Alcorn out of KMAA this this one went all three rounds and it was a unanimous win for Mary Rosenberg. Very active on the feet, uh, constant, constantly throwing punches. You know, they may not always have been the most effective punches, but they were it was constant activity. And, uh, you know, I thought that uh, Alcorn did a pretty good job of getting it to the mat at times, but uh, often a little too little too late. There to uh, get the decision for Mary Rosenbeck, who makes it two in a row now as she moves to two and five. Justin, uh, you scored that one for Mary. I think all the I think all the judges scored it. Uh, your thoughts on that fight?
2: Yeah, it was a, a good fight for Mary. You know, she's had had some tough ones, but you know, coming back on these last two, she's had uh, two hard fought decisions where she had to, you know, show, show some iron and and push through some stuff. Um, but you know, pretty pretty dominant victory for her.
1: Um, something to be proud of there. And, uh, you know, also uh, props to Rebecca Alcorn for getting in there for the first time. She did the slab grappling before her first MMA fight and, uh, you know uh- – I, I know that she was very excited for it. She had uh, the fat heads were out there in effect again, which is always fun. Uh, but uh, ultimately, it was uh, Mary Rosenbeck who takes the victory. Congratulations to her. And we move on to the pro portion. We had three pro bouts. It was a lightweight uh, affair up first and it was a decision as we all um, well, hold on. Let's go back to that last one. Who, what was the scoring on, on, on that last Everybody one? Went with Rosenbeck. Everybody went Rosenbeck. So clean sweep win. Uh, it was lightweights on the first pro fight. Jason Wolf four and four striker fight center out down in Kennesaw, Georgia, taking on the two and two DJ bout it, Arthur Cissé in on short notice for his teammate, Chris Wolf out of KMAA. This one went all three rounds as we expected. And it was Arthur Cissé getting the unanimous decision victory. Uh, I had the very, uh, the first two rounds for Cissé, uh, his takedowns were just, he was able to get the takedowns and Wolf wasn't able to really capitalize, but I, what really um, i thought was the most uh, impressive was Cissé opening up his striking much more because most of his fights you see he say more of a grindy grappler centric type but he really showed some uh, different dimensions with some flying knees and things like that i thought wolf started coming on in the third round i gave him the third round but it's a little too late uh, to, to sway the fight his way so Cissé uh, goes above the 500 line at three and two now uh, jeff uh, first fight to kick us off on the pro side it was uh, it, it was he uh, was exciting
0: yeah it was it was a good fight um i was really impressed with Cisse. uh you could see definitely the growth in him um not just kind of a one-hit wonder uh, with his takedowns like you would seen early in his career uh jason wolf regardless of his record was a step up for Cisse. yeah a more more seasoned guy who'd been in there with a lot of good fighters so i was really interested i picked Cisse, but um it was really kind of blindly picking Cisse, not not knowing if this was going to be too big a step for him. So was definitely impressed regardless of how the third round turned out because I was so impressed with rounds one and two, like you said, um, uh, spent a lot of time in uh, in the stand up with the striking and was winning the striking, uh, was able to mix in some, some nicely timed takedowns. Um, so it, I, I, I saw it as a really impressive win for Sise. So, uh, you know, I'd like to see him kind of step it up a little more and now kind of uh, you know, again, maybe not a big jump, but just a good, gradual, steady, you know, jump in uh, quality of opponent and uh, see see how far he can take this thing. He's really impressed with him.
1: You know, I, don't th- I think a good matchup down the road would be him and Zach Hicks. Oh, yeah. That would be a yeah. really interesting one because they're real similar in, uh, in strengths,
0: you know. If you could pull that off, uh, yeah, that'd be nice, man. And similar records too. Um, how did we, how did the uh,
1: panelists see that one? Clean sweep for c -C. Clean sweep for c -C. Nobody's sneaking up there. Uh, co-main event Bantam weights, 135 pounds. And it was the, uh, uh, pro females. And it was Bridget Chase, Uh, coming in from White Viper Martial Arts in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the sister of Hope Chase and Victa Fighter and a big knockout uh, for us last year. Uh, Looking for her first win, though, in her second pro bout as she takes on Roadhouse Ricker, Christina Ricker, uh, coming in at two and three from KMAA. Uh, This one didn't last very long, but it was a lot of action in like the 50 seconds it lasted. It was like wild. It was, (laughs) you know, they came out and they were immediately swinging. Ricker drops her right off the rip and everybody's like, oh, shit, you know, but then failed to really capitalize on it and, and keep pouring on the punishment, uh, Chase able to get up to her feet and uh, eventually get her a takedown of her own and ends up uh, with the uh, Rear Naked Choke, if I can recall, it was a Rear Naked Choke, a Rear Naked Choke uh, on Ricker, who uh, wasn't able to uh, survive that one. And she uh, drops to two and four. Bridget Chase gets her first win. Uh, big win for Chase now. And uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, Invicta could probably be looking at her to join her sister. These girls are exciting. You know, they're they're hype. They come in like guns a blazing, you know, and Ricker's no easy out. So uh, a good win for Chase. And, uh, you know, Ricker's back to the drawing board. That's two in a row for her now. So I know uh, she'll be itching to get that taste out of her mouth. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts on this? It was quick one. But again, it was that 50 seconds we saw was like frantic.
0: It was quick. Again, crowd was ready for this one. Ricker Ricker, uh, seems to always, uh, you know, bring a lot of support. Um, you know, this is a tough one. Like I said, it's not a lot to say about the fight because it was quick. It was fast. Um, you know, ended before we knew it just personally, you know, it's always just tough to see somebody that you genuinely, you know, I'm a Christina Ricker fan as a person, human being. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's tough when you watch somebody that you really genuinely enjoy them as a person, uh, have to go through, you know, a, a heartbreaking loss like that. You know, I, you know, I just don't know how much of that, um, uh, it, you know, the question right now for me is, will Ricker continue? You know, is is she going to move on uh, and, and fight again, or is she going to say, you know, I, I'm a g- great training partner for my for my teammates. I'm going to concentrate on that and helping get them ready. I, I'm just I'm curious to see where she's at right now at this point. Uh, it's tough going down, you know, two and four, knowing that you've got to win, you know, three fights in a row even to get above 500 now. So uh, that's not to say she can't do it because I know she can. And uh, we've seen plenty of people do it. Um, you know, she's in a gym with a, a man that uh, epitomizes the comeback. Because if everybody remembers Strike Force Nashville, the uh, Dan Henderson card, uh, Ovin St. Pru's record uh, was not good going right. into that fight. Uh, so she's she's got the uh, people at her gym to help, help her turn it around. Just can't wait to see whether she does or not.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Greg
2: Uh, went up on that one, pick and chase. The other two dropped with Ricker.
1: Oh, wow. So, does that bring us to a tie going to the final? No, that that pop stays at one. Oh, Greg's, Greg's ahead, ahead now? One, yep. Oh, wow. Uh, that brings us to the uh, the main event of the evening, and it was not without a controversy here. And uh, I know we're a little short on time for you, Jeff, so we'll we'll jump into this one real quick. It was a uh, main event title fight, five rounds for the BFC 155 championship. David Ruthless Robbins defends against the Bosnian Barncat. Demir Frohbogovich, a lot of hype behind this one. And, uh, man, Demir had just what I would have to say one of the most outstanding performances I've seen from him uh, ever. You know, he looked so good, so crisp, uh, you know, really landed uh, good, hard, solid strikes on the feet throughout the first two rounds. Um, whenever uh, they would go to the ground, David would threaten with submissions and would be close. But Demir would always navigate out of them. And it's kind of what I, how I said it would go in that regard that. You know, Demir is landing very hard ground and pound, swinging very hard, opening up, giving David the opportunities to try to go for some things, but wasn't able to to land what he wanted to land. Going to the third round, David's starting to fade pretty good. Demir gets him down along the cage and uh, starts delivering vicious ground and pound. Uh, One of the shots, uh, there was a lot of like, you know, the turning of the head and you know how that goes and shots are starting to land to the back of the head. Jimmy's warning. David's still turning his head. So it's tough to, you know, measure those up. Finally, when lands Jimmy calls an injury timeout, the referee at that point brings the doctor in, who says that David is unable to continue. And at the moment, they called that fight a TKO a TKO uh, was it a TKO win doctor stoppage for Demir and crowned him the Balor champion in a very dominant performance. Since then, we have been informed by the State of Tennessee Athletic Commission that call has been overturned. And now it will stand as a technical draw uh, due to the fact that the rules state that if three full rounds have not been reached in a five round fight, uh, you cannot go to the judge's scorecards, which all clearly read that Demir was ahead after two full rounds uh, to, to determine the winner. And as such, the fight was stopped due to an illegal blow which you cannot be a winner um, with a stop with a stoppage being a, a legal blow if we can't go to the scorecard. So they call it a technical draw, a travesty, honestly, because Demir deserved to win in that fight. Uh, I know he's going to appeal that with the state of Tennessee, and we'll see how all that kind of shakes out. Uh, Jeff, uh, let's get to your uh, opinion on this.
0: My first opinion first. is uh, me and Greg were – tied after this event that's but that's what i i thought i thought after that,
2: the event because de- because greg lost on this one but after that last fight right
0: uh, oh okay exactly but yeah, greg yeah. picked robbins i picked demir right but and after, that would have that right, would tied us flight, because of this ruling change uh by the state of tennessee oh by yeah you, tennessee now that takes my win away at the end because i was the only one that picked demir out of our crew and now that leaves me not tied um Oh, I thought
2: Paul took Demir. No, Paul took Demir, too, but Paul had already... Oh, did he? Paul was was down one extra from Brown earlier. Uh, Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, Paul's irrelevant. (laughs) Look, man, so... um, Shit, I got a lot of feelings, but I don't have a lot of time. Uh, Man, it it sucks. Uh, Demir put on one of the uh, best performances I've ever seen, um, you know, in a Valor cage. He absolutely... uh, I believe, won every second of this fight uh, against a undefeated 6-0 top prospect in, in David Robbins. Uh, my comments are in no way, shape, or form a, uh, a slap in the face to David Robbins because uh, that's what makes this so much more impressive is that David is a top fighter. And Demir won, in my opinion, every single second of this bout. Um, did it in stunning fashion, complete control. It absolutely sucks that this happened to him. Uh, When I heard what was going on, I think, Tim, you'll vouch. My immediate response was, this is sickening. I was literally sick to my stomach for everybody involved, from Demir, even to David, uh, because we know David Robinson uh, is not happy that this turned out, because David knows he lost that fight, and he would never want to take a win or a tie that he in his heart feels he, David knows that he was losing this bout, uh, down to any flack that Valor might get, uh, thinking that they were in any way, shape or form responsible for this change of decision, which they were not. So it was sickening for all involved that this is how it turned out on such a great fight, such a great, uh, event. Um, I you know, I, does the rule, is the rule correct? Yes, the rule is correct as it is written. There's no disputing that in the rule. But in my personal opinion, because I've been through this before, I've been a part of an, of an appeal on a foul. Um, and I was told by the state of Tennessee when I went through mine was once that referee's decision is announced, you better make any changes before it's announced. Because once it's announced to the crowd, it is official, and you cannot change it. And I had to go through a year-long appeal process. Um, uh, you know for a fighter that I was managing at the time so regardless of it being wrong my personal feelings are is that uh, that call should have been held and the onus then be on David Robinson David Robbins to appeal the decision and state his you know state his case uh that's really all I've got to say about it um again great fight great performance by Demir um and you know, I don't know if we'll ever get to see this fight again or not. Uh, it just sucks that uh, such a great fight had to end this way.
1: Absolutely, I couldn't say it any better myself, uh, Jeff. I, I know you've got to go here, so I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, let you skedaddle. Thank you for the time tonight, my man, and uh, we will catch up with you again as we get closer to uh, March the sixth.
0: Yes, sir. I will see you guys. See, uh, see you, Justin. See you, Later, man.
1: Justin, you were there cage side for this one. Uh, you uh, had scored the first two rounds for Demir. Uh, they uh, they at that point, the way that it ended, it it felt like they were going to go to the judges scorecards uh, at that point. But the rules say otherwise. Uh, kind of a, just a messy situation overall. Yeah.
2: Um it's crazy this is the first that i've heard that they overturned the decision
1: oh shit! i, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had okay, no idea so. we just started informing all the parties here in the um, past 24 hours
2: it was it was kind of crazy when it happened you know a um, commissioner walked by and i started to hand him my scorecard for the third round thinking the fight was over you know mm-hmm. and uh i never i was right there where it, where it happened yeah. i didn't see uh, any any illegal shots really i never Heard Jimmy warn him. Um, you know, I thought that it was a TKO. Yeah, I thought we were done right there. Uh, and then, like you say, then they say that they're going to go to the scorecards. Then they say they're not going to go to the scorecards. Um, you know, I man, it's fucked up. I hate that for Demir. That was, like y'all both said, you know, dominant performance. And, you know, I think mean, everybody's still going to see it. It's, still, it's not going to hurt him as far as uh, the no contest goes, but um you know when you work that hard for you want to you want the acknowledgement for it at least you know that should definitely shouldn't be um a no contest i I don't know i don't know i mean if man it's hard to say that uh i'd have to rewatch it i guess you know but um it almost is it's you know jimmy may have cost demir of the win there, you know. Well, yeah, I, I and maybe more there.
1: than that at this at this point because uh, you know there's a you know his management had, was had him very close uh, to a potential contender series spot with a win here, so it's important to them to get that that mm-hmm. W, you know. So uh, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly uh, not a not a great situation. I hate that it's shaking out like this. I know that all parties involved do, and I gotta agree with Jeff, man. This is kind of one of those things where. You know, in any other situation where you didn't agree with the officials' ruling, whether it be right or wrong, there is an, a there's a process you have to go through, an appeals process to have it overturned. And you know, referees miss calls all the time. I'm not saying just with us. I mean, there's hundreds of fights around the country every uh, every week. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, there's fight there's calls missed regularly. And uh, if it doesn't go your way, there's there's a certain procedure that you have to go through in order to have that overturned from the uh, an original decision. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like the way that this is being handled personally, and uh, hopefully, uh, the uh, rational minds will prevail in the end. Um, and now, so, uh, Jeff was uh, and, and Paul took Demir, and, and we're going to honor that. That's gonna yeah, say, we're going to yeah. honor that. We're going to honor that as a win.
2: Which we're and where does that put us at? Uh, so that. that- Brings us to a tie at the end of the night with Hobbs and Greg and uh, Paul's down one, and Paul's down one. So uh, you know, so, uh, overall though, Hobbs is still in the lead because he was up one going into this week. Okay, um, because
1: because of their tiebreaker last week. Okay, so he's still up one going into March with two more events to go. Uh, that'll wrap up Valor sixty nine, and uh, I'm still going to give a congratulations to Demir for for just and again. I just can't state enough what a what a very stellar performance from from him it looked very good against a very good very talented david robbins it was absolutely a, a next stage
2: worthy performance mm-hmm, you know yeah. like it was it was a um, it was a submit your your name as as a top contender in the region yeah for sure you know over somebody who's who's also believed to be a top contender you know absolutely um to dominate him like that was was very impressive and um it's like you said it would be a travesty for him to get that taken away from him
1: Moving on to our final segment of the evening, and it is going to be a preview of this weekend's ESPN Plus number 25 event uh, for the UFC. And it's going down in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, headlined by a light heavyweight affair with a rematch between Corey Anderson and Jan Blachowicz. Um, And both these guys are coming in hot. Both these guys are, uh, you know, they're uh, knocking on the door of a title fight. Uh, Anderson with a big win over Johnny Walker coming in block is like six and one or something in his last seven. So both guys are, uh, on a roll and looking to elevate themselves into that next, uh, tier. Uh, the, uh, I, I, I'm no, know how excited I am though still for some reason. I'm just not really that stoked, but I'm stoked about some undercard shit. Let's move down here to. To uh, start the card off, and it will be Mark De La Rosa taking on uh, uh, Julian Paiva, who is a Brazilian fighter. That's a flyweight affair. Mark De La Rosa, the uh, first of the De La Rosa uh, couple, his wife, Montana De La Rosa, fighting a little bit later on the card. Uh, Up next, it is Macy Chasen, who uh, was originally supposed to fight Nico Montano, taking on the late replacement, Shannon Young. Now, how cool is that? Shanna Young originally supposed to fight on Invicta last weekend. She fell ill and was unable to compete. And as fate would have it, just a few short days later, she is offered a last-minute uh, notice fight with the UFC, gets to sign a multi-fight deal, and is now going to be taking on a very tough Macy Chasen, who is a big girl. Uh, you know, this fight will be at 135, Shannon typically at 125, but on short notice, I'm sure the 135 is welcome. Uh, that said, Macy has fought at 145 and, will be, and was a it will be a massive 135. Uh, coming off her first loss of her career, though, so who knows how she'll bounce back from that loss to Lena Landsberg last time out. Uh, she's very tall and rangy. Shanna, I think, will have the advantage in the quickness and maybe overall just athleticism and explosiveness. So I would expect Eric Turner to have a very good game plan in place for Shanna Young here on short notice. I know that he was uh, cramming on Macy Chasen a couple of days ago really hard and uh, get a game plan in order. So best of luck to the Shanna all this weekend. I don't think I've seen odds yet. I'm fairly sure she'll come in as a pretty long dog uh, whenever those do come out. Uh, Casey Kinney takes on Marab Davishvili in a bantamweight bout. They should be wrestle rific. Devin Clark takes on Daquan Towns in at 205. Daquan Towns, and we just saw it feels like maybe two or three weeks ago. Uh, in, he lost to uh, Bevan Lewis in a mm-hmm. really shitty fight. Uh, and then our own Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman uh, taking on Jim Miller, man. That is going to be a great fight. Excited for Scotty to uh, get to fight a great name in Jim Miller. It's a fight he's been calling for now for a while. And, uh, you know, we saw him this past weekend in the corner of Demir, and he looks ready to go. He looks ready to rock and roll and what a great what a great matchup really because both these guys have great motors you know they're going to go go for it they both have good chins uh and uh it would just be a great feather in scott's hat to get a win over jim miller i feel like maybe even knocking on the door of a top 15 ranking i would think with this win potentially i know that's he's wanting those bigger fights Next up, John Dodson takes on Nathaniel Wood in uh, a fight that I think that'll be really uh, good action at 135 pounds. Rounding out the prelims, it is Tim Means, the dirty bird, uh, taking on Daniel Rodriguez, 10 and 1. Justin, your thoughts on the preliminary action, a lot of local mm-hmm. Tennessee flavor. Had OSP uh, stayed on this card against Ryan Spann, we'd have three from yeah. Knoxville.
2: <laughs> yeah, um I'm you know I'm super looking forward to, to Shannon's fight. The odds are for looks like she's uh it's got Macy chasing at uh, minus 700 with Shanna coming back at yeah. plus 500. Yeah. So she'll be the biggest dog on the card. Yeah. Macy's, you know, ranked number 12 in the UFC. Um, so that's a huge opportunity. If Shannon comes in there and, and takes her out, I mean, you know, she basically goes from, you know, a uh, free agent to top 15 in the sure. UFC overnight. Um, so that's, it's going to be a, a big step up for, her. you know, I'm sure she's going to be prepared and ready to go and, uh, coming off, you know, it's a short-notice fight, but like you said, she's coming off of a fight camp. She was supposed to fight last week, and um, she probably had only been home for maybe 48 hours when she got the, the, the phone call, you know, so she couldn't really put on much weight or get out of shape in that time, um, so I'm looking forward to that one. Casey Kenny and Dollar Philly is going to be interesting. Philly Philly's a beast, but Casey Kinney, you know, it's he's hard to bet against him yeah, before. Um, Scotty, I'm looking forward to Scotty's fight, too, you know, saw him uh, this weekend, and he looks looks big yeah, and looks, looks ready to go, yeah. man. He was intense and um, you know I kind of feel bad for Jim Miller. He's getting long in the tooth there, but um, I think Scotty Scotty can make a little name off of him. Um, he comes out and puts puts up a dominant performance mm-hmm. and, and really you know gets it gets it going. Um, John Dodson, man, it's a guy that's uh, you know never really hit his potential. You know he came in. I think he won the Ultimate Fighter at 135, and he's a is a really should be a 125 over now. He's back up at bantam again. He's like five foot two, um, you know, just super athletic mm-hmm. and, um, just never could pull it together, never get, you know, string together a bunch of wins. Um, so he needs to, needs to get one here at home, too. It's in New Mexico, mm-hmm. you know, where he trains out of and everything. So uh, he needs to come out and, and look good. Um, it looks like he's a he's the underdog. Uh, Nathan Woods at minus uh,
1: 170. We're yeah, Woods a good prospect, back. man. He's a really good grappler. Yeah. Main card action kicks off with a fight that I think will, is kind of sneakily flying under the radar. This one could be a lot of fun. Yancey Medeiros, uh, the Hawaiian fighter, all action. Who's going to come out there looking to bang against a guy that is is, is subject to do the same And Lando Venata. That fight, I think, is a sleeper for a potential fight of the night. Brock Weaver takes on Rodrigo Vargas uh, in a fight that I'm a little disappointed to see on the main card when Scott's down there on the prelims against Jim Miller. Uh, Ray Borg uh, takes on Raw Harry. Rogerio Bontorin, and he is a 16-1 flyweight out of Brazil. Ray Borg, of course, uh, you know, former title challenger here. Uh, Montana De La Rosa. We spoke earlier about her husband, uh, Mark De La Rosa. He opens up the card, so she'll be a little bit later on taking on the Italian Mara Romero Barella. And then in the co-main event, now this one should be, this one's going to be a circus, honestly. Uh, Diego Sanchez. Uh, the dream and uh, fighting at home in New Mexico. Make sure they see the walkout. I'm sure it'll be good. Mm-hmm. Taking on Michelle Peña, who uh, I mean, he's a he's a puzzling one. Uh, he's he's fun to watch. You know, last time out, he took on a guy. Man, I can't remember the guy's name right of my head, but he was very heavily favored. Everybody thought he was just going to kick the guy's ass. The guy, you know, the guy came in uh, on very short notice. Wasn't near the athlete than uh, Peje is. And uh, Michelle, I mean, he's been on like some crazy performances, like mm-hmm. crazy spinning stuff and rolling around the cage and just back the back capoeira flips. shit, you know, mm-hmm. like doing backflips. But he also expended a lot of energy. Like he was beating the shit out of that guy too, and probably could have finished him in the first round, but was so intent on putting on a show and clowning him that he completely gassed mm-hmm. out and ended up losing that fight. So uh, who knows what you're going to get here, but I can guarantee you it'll probably be entertaining. Uh, and then, of course, the main event, as we mentioned earlier, Corey Anderson, Jan Blakovic, uh in a fight that could have title implications. I see more like the winner getting like Reyes maybe and then like the winner of that kind of maybe getting the next shot at John Jones. Uh, main card here, uh, Justin, what do you think? I mean, I mean, it's I'm kind of whatever, I guess. But like uh, after I see Scott and Shannon fight, I may be a little winded.
2: Yeah, um, I'm with you on the Yancey Medeiros and Lando fight. That could be um, could be a good one. Um, you know, Lando's. We talk about him a lot. He, you know, he was came in with a lot of hype and um, never really has has uh, you know lived up to right. it. Um, and Yancy Medeiros is is a wild one. You know, he's gonna be hard to um, a hard one to to put on a good performance against. He puts on a good pressure and um, you know throws a lot of punches. Nothing too too hard at one time. You know, just, just stacks them mm-hmm. on you. Um, so that'd be a fun fight. Brock Weaver, you know, came off the, the contender series and yep. he was a fun personality on there. I guess they're, they're going to try to push him, uh, for that reason. But, um, you know, like I said, I, I don't definitely don't think he should be up there above Scotty. Um, <clears throat> Ray Borg, be good to see him back. You know, he's had a kid that's been going through some stuff over the last couple of years and, uh, he's fought through all that and, and getting to come back and fight again. Um, the Diego Sanchez fight—it's going to be a nightmare. I don't—I feel like he's going to get hurt real bad. I mean, he's a—he's a really small welterweight. Yeah, and this guy's is he like is a massive. Hulk. He's dude. a Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, he's massive, and he missed weight last time. Um, Diego he ain't going to guess though. No, Diego said that if he misses weight, the fight's off. Oh wow. It doesn't matter what he misses weight by. If he misses weight at all, the yeah. fight's off. You know, he's been doing this for too long. He says he's worth more than that. Um, you know, if he's going to compete and, and take the damage, it's going to be. Yeah. rule set yeah. i guess or whatever so uh, more power to him i guess i don't know that there might there should be odds on whether pahaya makes right yeah on. i
1: mean he's a beast he's a big guy yeah and diego is a small welterweight. yeah guy. and he
2: throws those kicks man just like you know some of the sh- just the the rear, rear foot front kick mm-hmm. that he throws up so quick and and the height difference you know it's gonna be a nightmare but um Whatever, I guess. Diego's, <laughs> Diego's not with Jackson's anymore. He's still, I guess, in New Mexico, but he's not with Jackson. He's doing his own thing. Yeah, he's just doing his own thing, being crazy as hell. Yeah. And, um, he might pay for it. Um, the main event, you know, this is a rematch. The guys fought about four years ago, and Corey Anderson won a decision in that fight, I believe. Um, you know, I think the, the, I'm looking at the rankings now. It looks like uh, Glover and uh, Ozdemir are both ranked ahead of him. I think Glover has a fight coming up. Um, already scheduled. I don't know if Ozdemir has anything scheduled or not. Um, but I actually, let's see. No, maybe not. Anyway, I think these guys are, they're, they're up there in the top five, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm trying to see who's, who's above them that John's probably already beaten. Um, you know, so I guess they're five and six. I can't think of who, who else, who else it is, but I think John's already beaten. You know, the yeah, I don't think there's so. a lot
1: of fights that are that sexy for for John Jones still. Without like you know the Adesanya, there's some trash talk at least, and maybe maybe we could see that. But yeah, to me, there's not a whole lot that that excites me.
2: Yeah, the the size of, with him and Adesanya, I think is just. I don't think Adesanya is, is nearly big enough to be able to handle him. Mm. Um, but but yeah, I don't, I don't also don't think he's gonna be sitting on the sidelines either. You know, he talked about the winner of this one fighting the winner of Reyes. There isn't another contender. Yeah. You know, if Reyes doesn't get the rematch, if if Reyes fights one of these guys, then there isn't anybody. So John's gonna be out for six months or so. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think he's, you know, he's 31, 32 years old. He's, you know, hitting right in the prime. I, I think that as far as his physical prime, he's in it right now. But we're not seeing the same John Jones we saw five, six years ago. He's not the same animal he was. His defense is is amazing and getting better all the time i think but his offense has slacked off a lot um i think he just needs to be active i think over the past five or six years you know he just just the inactivity may have gotten to him um i don't know and it's you know it's a big thing to say he's you know he just broke the record for the most title wins in ufc history we've heard champions a lot of times talk about that you know once you get the belt and you know everybody's coming for you just you don't have the same drive you know as Mm -hmm. when you have a goal that you're fighting for once you get it, it's just kind of like, well, now what? You right. Know, I'm here. I've reached the top. There isn't really anything else to, to do.
1: do. Um, needs to be something to excite you at the very least. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah, and um, you know, I think it'd be cool to see him run that record up to 20. And I don't think anybody would ever catch that. But um, if he
1: keeps fighting like this, I mean, eventually he's going to get knocked off. I feel like. Yeah, I can't disagree with that, man. You know, um, it's I I feel like uh, you know, Jones in this last fight, he he showed that. Yeah, that what's the word? It's just like he's been, he's been, he was never really phased. It didn't seem like he. It's just like he finally like realized, well, this guy's gonna give me a lot more than what I probably realized. I'm gonna have to kind of step it up a little bit. And he brought it, you know, a lot later than than he than he generally does. Uh, fight of the night on this one, man. Which which one are you the most uh, excited for? In all of these
2: fight of the night. I guess I'm most excited to, for Shannon for the opportunity for Shannon. Mm. You know um for that for that deal i think the fight to look out for it's going to be the most entertaining i think it's probably going to be scotty and jim miller i think it's a perfect opportunity for scotty to really put on a, a, a big performance you know they got similar styles and um i think scotty's boxing you know he's just he's a little younger a little fresher yeah Hits a little harder moves a little quicker um so i think that it's going to end up on its feet a lot not I think the wrestling's going to kind of you know whittle itself out but um, I think Scotty has has a chance to get a nice knockout over a super durable Jim Miller. You know and that'll that'll definitely put some spotlight on his name.
1: Yeah, I don't see this that being a boring fight. Both those guys really bring it. They're going to press the action. They got a good pace and they're and and they got a good motor and good cardio. So I really uh, would have to agree with you there. That's got a, that's a front runner for my fight of the night. I'm excited to watch Shanna in action too. That is a uh, massive opportunity for her to go in there and kind of you know make her name at the expense of uh, the tough winner. Uh, Macy Chasen. on the main card. Uh, I feel like uh, just more than anything, I think that Sanchez and uh, fight is just going to be something I definitely watch, just because I it, I feel like something crazy is going to happen um, no matter what. So hopefully it does go down and uh, he doesn't miss weight, and we've got a fight. Uh, man, I guess that's it. Uh, that's uh that's the UFC on ESPN plus twenty five Anderson versus Blockovitz. We will recap that next week as we start to dive into the uh, previews and uh, interviews and whatnot for the Valor uh, 70 card, which will be coming up March the 6th from the world famous Cotton Eye Joe. We got the return of Tank on that one. Steven Wilson Jr. uh, will be taking on uh, the Jared Short returning to action from Kentucky. He's been out for a minute, but he's seven and one. So a big step up for Tank. We'll see if he can hold serve and keep that uh, record undefeated. We'll dive into that in the coming weeks. Uh, For my uh, partner in crime here, Justin Watson, thanks so much to Jeff Hobbs as well for joining us for the recap. I'm Tim Loy signing off. till next week, it's the Valor Hour. Peace.
0: This is a Sitting Ringside with David Penzer Quick Fix on Radio Influence. This week on City Ringside, I am happy to talk to my mentor and the man who opened the door for me to live my dream. He is a four-time national AAU All-American amateur wrestler, member of the 68 Olympic team, and uh, his name is Bob Roop. Ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to Bob about the 68 Olympics. Also, we're going to talk about his transition into professional wrestling and some of the misgivings he had being a trained amateur wrestler once he turned pro. We're going to talk in depth about the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, and his reputation, Bob's reputation for trying to steal territories and even more specifically Ron Fuller's territory in Knoxville Bob Roop this week on City Ringside be sure to tell your friends download, subscribe and leave a review if you can Sitting Ringside with David Benzer can be found on Apple Podcasts Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts and RadioInfluence.com